0: Well, it's great to be back with you all today. My guest, Christina Guidotti, is the founder of Leading Women, a series of transformational programs and events energising women from all walks of life to achieve sustainable success and empowerment. Christina is also an author and speaker and I recently had the opportunity to be in the audience to see her in action in Sydney and I was left feeling on top of the world, as were every other guest in the room. It was truly a wonderful day. Welcome, Christina. Thank you, Karen. It was an amazing day, Christina. And the reason I invited you to the Aging Fearlessly program is because there are so many women over 50 that I come across who are desperately trying to start their own businesses and escape the nine-to-five working hours, and they're not following their passions and purpose. For people wanting to travel down this path as an entrepreneur or a leader is really challenging, and you are just the right person who can offer some amazing advice. Thank you. Your journey started in a family real estate business. Can you tell us a little bit about your time in real estate? Absolutely. And I'm just for the audience to know that I'm
1: just a new beginner at at the 50s. I turned 50 last year, so I'm still getting used to even going, oh my God, I'm all grown up now and I'm 50.
0: (laughs) Well, it's a a wonderful era being 50. I must say when I turned 50, because I'm 63 now, and when I turned 50, oh my God, it was the greatest decade of my life. Mm. It was absolutely wonderful. And you really can... Sort of step it up and think about what you seriously want to do yourself. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I must admit, um, unlike when I turned
1: forty and I went into meltdown and thought, "Oh my gosh," <laughs> and now I, I think I've become a grown up. I, I love the idea of you know psychology. Uh, some of the bases of psychology they talk about um, sometimes you know being a child, but then at some point in your life becoming an adult child. Um, so even though going into what we're going to discuss now about me working with the family business, um, even though you're a child in a particular business for your family, in my case my father – um, at some point in our lives, although we always acknowledge our mum and our dad, I know some of the journey of us becoming empowered is also to kind of step into our power. And that's actually something that I had to do with the family business, Karen. So I was working with my dad. My dad is a fabulous man. He's a an immigrant, came over from Greece, family of seven children. And, and like a lot of those that have come from, um, you know, a different um, place or different part of the journey, they want to change their life, is that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of work. So he had that work ethic, he had that courage, so he uh, started off a real estate business and he then invited me into work with him. And I did that, and I did that for 15 years. It got to a point, though, that I was feeling like um, I'd succeeded and there was a lot of the energy around me and my work and my wanting to achieve was actually a lot of it was getting dad's attention mm. and dad's kind of approval. Um, and that had been going on for many, many years. And I achieved the success and I achieved the dollars, but there became a point about nine years ago that I wasn't feeling completely fulfilled so I ticked all the typical kind of money boxes and the positioning boxes and um, you know I had a certain amount of autonomy and handle on time you know raising a a family uh, two children a husband so there was a lot of successes and a lot of boxes ticked there Karen and you know in most part it was great but I started to find myself when I wasn't at work and I wasn't um, in that kind of fast mode or something-to-do mode that there was still something a little bit kind of missing. Yep. And then I
0: I call it breaking the umbilical cord, cutting the umbilical cord. I was going to say, you you sort of were still under the family <laughs> umbrella, yeah, yeah, really. Absolutely. You hadn't really left home, so to speak. Absolutely.
1: And it's really been part of my, uh, the, 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 the whys for me, being the CEO of Leading Women, you can look back at it now and think, okay, so I had a, a father, quite a dominant uh, father figure, a fabulous mum. Mum had never worked outside the home, clearly she worked hard in the home, you know, so she's always been a woman that chose to work in the home raising us raising our grandchildren but then having the father was the leader of the family and also me thinking that to have respect for him I needed to not really speak up not to so much have my voice so even though I achieved a lot I achieved it intellectually and 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 sort of practically but I didn't actually achieve that kind of confidence and that empowerment i um, wanting to have that respect for a boss but also a father figure but on the i don't know how i worked out all these 11s karen but on the at 11 a.m on the 11th of april 2011 oh my I, goodness i know i know i know 11, 11 11 11 11 i worked up the courage to resign from that family
0: business after oh, 15 years my <laughs> goodness I mean, i can almost see for myself you walking into that room to say that
1: I was so nervous you know because the the 18 months before I was very very down and quite depressed from that environmental point of view so again I was achieving the money you know had the uh, what I thought at the time actually was a happy marriage great family holidays you know a couple of houses all of that but I realized that I was sort of quietly sort of Uh, really feeling quite sad and quite empty inside. So I was very scared. I was scared of three things, and some of your listeners will probably identify with some of this fear in their lives when they're going into a transition period. The three things I was scared of is, number one is... Um, almost like this means that it must be a line in the sand, that it means that I've got to now forget everything that has passed mm-hmm. and that everything is now just completely new and I've kind of lost everything that I've worked for. Yeah. So that was one of my fears. The next fear was um, the money. It was simply like in a transition, changing careers, um, the risk, because I had four mortgages, two kids in private schools and my husband wasn't working in paid employment. So it was kind of like I was the breadwinner. But I was the, the female breadwinner of the family. So... And that was the second fear. And the third fear was that Dad would be upset because the last thing I wanted to do, putting my father on that pedestal for most of my life and just loving him so much, was to upset him. So I think that I achieved number three well. He sort of went... What? And he, he was absolutely in shock. It, you know, we actually didn't speak for seven months. After care, that? Yeah, which was sort of added into the little bit of the the, um, the the pain, but because it was a very difficult thing for him to kind of accept leaving the family business after now. Good, good news. We've got a good news story here today. Um, he is one of my biggest uh, champions, and we have, um, you know, after seven months of me sort of working in the new business and going through those struggles that we do sometimes when we're looking at, courageously starting a new life yeah, change um, but it was empowering for me so cutting that umbilical cord i call it umbilical cord from something in your life and just to facing those fears and going through was quite the uh, i think actually the beginning in, beginning karen of me having my voice so mm. me having my voice that day was very scary but I've got to tell you the day after I did it I remember sort of you know standing in the shower I don't know if any of your listeners relate to sometimes you go into that little quiet space for me it was like the warm water going over you and then just actually feeling something had sort of let go in me like you know my the knot in my tummy for those yeah. last couple of years had relaxed
0: some of the, some people would say that's like the weight lifting off your shoulder, but I love the analogy you use of cutting the umbilical cord. But I do have one question before we go to a song. Did your dad realize that you were feeling so down?
1: He was surprised. He was uh, shocked. I think it's sometimes when we speak up for the first time, we've often been feeling this pain and this concern, but we sometimes feel quite alone. So He was shocked. Um, Interestingly, my, my mother wasn't so shocked, and I think sometimes maybe it's a woman's intuition. He wasn't really prepared for that for me, so I did really feel for him at the same time. But it was something that I had a vision. I had a vision that I was going to be a partner with him for years but I didn't undress my ambition and this now becomes part of what I teach is to make sure you undress your ambition, meaning that at least share it with a few people. And so I wanted to kind of get all my ducks in a row before I announced my ambition to someone that was a key person in my life. And so I was ready to take on that partnership role, but he wasn't ready. And so I knew that that was the future, so I decided it was time for me to be courageously to move move in. So you know, and again, these things are so fabulous for us because sometimes when there's a little bit of pain, a little bit of challenge, that there is some absolute learning and growth through that. So it's helped me to learn in my second book, True Believers. One of my five key success steps is to undress your ambition. But then I did, so then there was an opportunity for me to undress my new ambition of what was next for me. So I made sure that i didn't keep my ambition a secret for the rest of my time over the last eight years i've been um, having my voice and strengthening that
0: voice i really do love the words you use to undress your vision you are listening to radio northern beaches 88.7 and 90.3 your community radio station My guest in the studio today is Christina Guidotti, and she is the founder of Leading Women, and she's a brilliant coach, mentor, speaker, and author. Christina, we were talking about you making this massive change in your life and going into business for yourself. How did those around you react to you making this change?
1: Look, essentially, Karen, I think that they were very scared. And so the way that that fear showed up was, you know, comments of uh, you need to go back to what you were doing because they could see that what I was doing was in most part um, bringing in lots of good stuff. So it was bringing in the finances, it was bringing in the, you know, the positioning and it was also in, in many part helping them as well. And so one of my mentors, his name's Peter Cook, um, coined the phrase well-meaning bad advice. So what I learned that sometimes there's well-meaning advice that comes to us, but sometimes it's not the best advice for us. So so I guess that there was a lot of fear. The way that that looked was people scared and so putting their fears sort of around me. So it's actually made it even harder because not only have you just made the decision and you've said no to that and you've courageously sort of looked at, what's potential ahead is that you don't always have the support. So I did not have a lot of support, but those people loved me. Those people cared about me. It's not that they didn't want the best for me, but they didn't see that what I was going for was the best.
0: I was just thinking about it when you were speaking then, and I think that people often feel that they know what is best for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it is well-meaning. I did something a little bit crazy, Karen. So my name was Christina Connius. So, right up until eight years ago. And so, I'd used my maiden name because my father is Arthur Conius. So, the real estate office is Arthur Conius Real Estate. So, it made a lot of sense not to use my married name, but to use my maiden name. So, with all of this turmoil that was going on, and, and I was okay, I was pretty centered. So, I was, you know, doing exercise and meditating, and I knew what what I wanted and I was okay. I was looking after myself, um, but others were very scared. And so I actually did something a bit interesting at that time. And I told everyone, right, I'm now Christina Guidotti. And they said, why would you change your name now? And I said, just to show you all that I'm not going back to my real estate career. And not only did I do that, but I actually then sent the loved ones an email. And I thought, because at least they can't sort of shut off the, hopefully they'll read it. And I just did a loving email that said, hey, everybody, so you know I'm doing this and I'd really appreciate your care and compassion or if you can't do that, please don't say anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you really drew that line in the sand. Yeah, this yeah. is definite and I'm not stepping so, out of it. But all the well-meaning your friends and family yeah. were... Sharing with you, if you can't do this, you've got to go back. It actually must cast a lot of self doubt.
1: Look, you know, my my second book is called True Believers, and I tell you what, I think you can only sometimes write these books. It's almost like the irony of your expertise. You know, like it's like you've gone through the pain of this stuff so that you can have the compassion for others and you can have the conviction. And so, look, I I talk about true believers and non-believers, and a true believer is someone that no matter what's going on around them that you've got this certain amount of belief conviction and commitment to walking forward aligned with your values and so what happens is even if we've got that sometimes the what i call the non-believer in us can sometimes surface and and you know rear its little head and sometimes start to say to us oh who do you think you are you're not good enough sit down shut up
0: you know and all that stuff <laughs> I'm pulling your face here as I talk to you going, oh yeah, yeah I know that.
1: Yeah, that's us. That's us, and so we can sometimes sabotage our own success, and then, of course, uh, let alone you know others around us that become non-believers. So, so I really do feel that courage and the courage of your conviction is 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 incredible, and it's scary because I always think that it's not self-belief that's essential to success with us moving forward. It's actually having the courage to walk forward in the face of our self-doubt. So that's what I did, and but I also put, I believe that you can't always rely on willpower. So I I believe sometimes if you put things that will help you, and so I changed my name to Guidotti, which sent a strong message. I let everybody know that this is what I'm doing and please um, allow me to go forward with that. I also found myself a couple of people that were what I call true believers that helped to support me. And so there was a lot of tears for me in that time and a lot of pain, but particularly a lot of courage that got me to start my own business.
0: I think people don't always understand how much pain people go through in making these changes even though it's positive there is pain that goes with it and it's that whole comfort zone it's scary it's but it takes pain sometimes to make the change it really
1: does and I think you know what I love to do is I I love to think about you know when you ask yourself where you are now in your life and where the pain is is often that where we are now is not exactly where we want to be and Dr Russ Harris who wrote the happiness trap and the confidence gap. It's fabulous. He's a fabulous author and a fabulous psychologist. And he talks about, you know, the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. That's where the pain is. Mm. That's where the the fears and the guilt and the worry. And so, what what I encourage myself to do and others to do in my my teachings is to think about and actually almost visualize and paint that picture of where you want to be, and then to the way you cross that bridge towards that is is with with all of these sort of suggestions that I'm making but actually to, first of all, decide, that word decision's a really big one, decide what it is that you want and then to actually start working through how you get there.
0: Mm, That's just great advice. There's so many uh, women in the workplace. You know, I see it every day. And they're older women and they really fear sometimes what's going to happen to them in the workplace. They see all these young, bright, new employees coming through who are breathing down their neck, ready to take on roles. And I think the fear of redundancy, the fear of becoming outdated, what advice do you have for people?
1: You're spot on. Um, You know, and it's, gosh, it's not just the fact that we are, as we got a little bit older as well, we're pulled sort of mentally, emotionally, physically, um, and sometimes financially. So there's our age, the longer that we've lived there's more of those pressures that have accumulated. Number one, but also um, some, there's still such a, a, an imbalance as far as gender goes. You know, there's still so much where we're behind as women. So add in being a female in the workforce, add in the age, and the compounding effect of stuff that goes on, and then, as you're saying, add in the fact that sometimes we can feel that because we, as we grow older, potentially maybe there's a risk of us mm-hmm. being replaced. Maybe. I had that vision of what I wanted, Karen, but maybe we think that we're getting too old to come and uh, to to actually start to pursue that. Um, maybe we're not going to have the skills. Look, the, the biggest thing that I would say is to acknowledge that with the 50 plus years that we've got of experiences, with that comes a lot of wisdom. And from that wisdom, when we start to go, okay, well, what's my expertise out of what I've done as a potentially a mom, a wife, a partner—you know—all the things that we all the labels of our life—is it to to feel empowered and to know that no, just because um, I'm aging, well, the benefit of aging is the wisdom, mm. and we can almost can become mentors for others and and to become teachers. So I guess not fighting it. I mean, I plan to live till 120, which is probably not a definite thing that's going to ha- happen, but there's more and more people now that are living a 100. Yeah. And so I've now 50. So I set an intention every day and part of my gratitude that I will live a healthy, happy, long life. And I've got to set the bar pretty high, so I'm going to say 120. So I think to myself, you know what, I've still got 50 to 70 years left and that's the way to look at it. And that's not tiring. That says, well, my gosh, you know, I'm, I need to make sure that I'm looking after myself to do that, to plan for that.
0: Yeah, and we, we were talking in the break about education and how important it is to keep, well, I call it future-proofing. There's so many things to learn, yeah, with all this technology and, you know, I'm constantly learning and upskilling and I love it. You're so right, Karen.
1: Um, I'm a partner of an educational... Uh, company called thought leaders and thought leaders essentially help clever people um become commercially smart which then helps to uh, raise consciousness and do other great things and our mantra in thought leaders is do work that you like with people that you like the way that you want and i think that one of the fantastic things about aging fearlessly as you speak of is to actually make a decision that you know what Um, I actually would like to do purposeful work that I like and I would actually like to surround myself with people and work with people that I like the way that I like and that is 100% possible.
0: Yeah, I agree entirely and I guess when I chose the name Ageing Fearlessly for my book, that's what I was looking at. You've just got to look at life and be positive about it. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station you are listening to aging fearlessly with karen please go to facebook and like the page aging fearlessly in the studio today with me is christina guidotti she's an author a mentor a speaker And really a wonderful person. She has so much advice for the over-50s women in particular. But Christina, you made the courageous decision to not only leave your father's real estate business and go out on your own, but also to leave a long, long marriage to cut that umbilical cord as you speak as well. Tell us about that and Mm. how how you did this.
1: Absolutely. I met um, my uh, former husband when I was 18,
0: that's very young. It
1: is, very, very young. And so, um, and it was it was a fabulous um, 29 years together. Had two children. I've got a 22-year-old and a 20-year-old now. You
0: don't look old enough. <laughs> Thank
1: you. It's actually the lifestyle, particularly when you surround yourself with good people. I really do. And, and looking after yourself, meditation. I do a couple of hour morning routine, a body, mind and soul routine every day, uh, or at least five days a week. I um, try to have the weekends off, Karen. Bit of a sleep in sometimes. But, um, but yeah, I, and I must admit, you know, even back in the first few years of my own business when I was on stage and and talking to uh, audiences of uh, people and women, I used to wear like a badge of honour. I've been married for 29 years. Ah, you didn't have it? You had it pinned to your chest almost. It was a badge of honour. It was kind of like, look at me, look at me, and this is how to have it all. And of course, I'm the author of How to Have It All. So there was a little bit of a dressing down, a little bit of a kind of breaking down of the ego when in 2015 I made the decision to, to finish the marriage. And 29 years, there's a lot of identity wrapped up in that. And there again, once again, a big cutting of the umbilical cord, another very courageous step, a a very painful step, I... I actually cried every single day for seven months while I was working. I was gracious i didn't share that with my clients until there was such time that I could share it without crying, crying. so I wasn't hiding from that fact, but I just needed to heal certain things uh, as a lot of your listeners um probably sixty percent of your listeners have done what i've done and um and become divorced so it was a fabulous growth time for me and uh, people said to me, oh, it's going to take you a couple of years to feel normal again. I said, not me. I do everything fast. I'm pretty yeah. smart and pretty successful. I'll get that done. I'll, that's I'll, me. I've done it for seven months of crying. I'll be right. She'll be right. She'll be right. <laughs> um And i, I got to tell you, it took me about two and a half years to kind of come good. And and I realized what that was. And I write about this in the fourth book that's not published yet. but Oh, another but, one coming out. Yeah, yeah, once you get the writing bug. But this is really all about, you know, um the journey to self love um, uh, as a woman, and what it is is often we'll we're naturally nurturing we 're naturally giving and it 's about finally giving back to yourself doesn't mean you 've got to leave a marriage to do that, but sometimes um, it means that you don 't find self love until you you know get yourself in a particular place so so, you know, we, we made that courageous decision. We did it lovingly out of court. And actually, some of the beautiful people that I get an opportunity to mentor, I will mentor them through this pain and mentor how to, to graciously, if possible, to help that same as when I left my businesses. Everyone's responding and in fear and you can't do this and you've got to go back. We were the marriage that was meant to last forever and everyone just could not understand it, including my beautiful children. You know, it's very, very painful for the kids and so that takes them a couple of years too. But we got through that and that was four years ago and we're on the other side. Um, I've got a second date tonight, Karen. Oh my goodness. So, you know, and I'm not going to be divulging anything of who this person is, but I tell you what, it's another world out there when you um, put yourself forward and and that's another thing. Thing that I I find is quite courageous when we're aging fearlessly is, is is you know do you stay just on your own because when you find self love and you love being on your own and you're confident as I now am and you have your voice you have a successful business and it's easy and I hear a lot of women say is I'm pretty happy on my own I sometimes I challenge that and I say it doesn't mean you're not going to be on your own but. What about the whole idea of being together alone? Is it possible for you to, to have people in your life that you can spend time with that are also um, independent? I think that becomes an interdependent relationship. I'm, I'm in no way yet. I'm an expert in what's next. I'm working
0: at it. Well, I'm far from an expert in dating. Mm-hmm. I have friends who say, oh, I don't want another relationship. I'm just happy on my own. And I said, can you really say never? Yeah. I don't I don't have a crystal ball, do you? No. I think as you find self-love
1: and become quite centred, and I find it a beautiful combination that I've personally arrived at, which is a combination of peace and power. You might hear it in my voice. My voice has changed over the last two or three years, and it's kind of almost like a, a settling or coming into yourself. And I think that if you work on yourself well and, and long enough, you'll start to attract other people that potentially, I think, like attracts like. Yeah, like magnets. Yeah. My my fifth book's about five intelligences. So it's about um, mental, so intellectual intelligence, emotional intelligence, physical intelligence, and spiritual intelligence and financial intelligence. And so I believe that after a lot of bloody work, a lot of pain, a lot of failures that I've arrived at that, and that's what I like to teach. But now, as I'm choosing to walk forward, I really do want to invite that to come to me as far as, you know, in that sort of dating area. So, you know, you learn a lot, and I'm definitely no master in that space yet. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see
0: what's, um, what's ahead. Well, we're looking forward to hearing how date number two goes. <laughs> Doubting Thomas was one of the apostles, and the idiom today describes someone who will not easily believe something without strong proof of or evidence. And you have a, a solution, Christina, to manage doubt and to cure mental paralysis. Mm-hmm. And you describe these as your four Ds. I'd love you to share the four Ds.
1: Thank you. Look, I, I think the first D is is decision. I think everything starts with the decision and it how to have it all. I talk about these uh, four Ds. And I think how to have it all is actually, um, first of all, make, being able to make the decision on what your destination is. That's the fourth D. So I'm going to give you the first and the fourth first. Hard. So the, the fourth D is des- destination. So the first one is decision. So you make a decision based on what you want as your destination and there's a little bit of work to, to, to do in between that the next thing we've got to do after we've made a decision is we've got to then head in a direction
0: ah.
1: aligned with our values so you, you know, need a rudder you totally do you totally do exactly and as you and I know the winds can get in our sails and cause us to do all sorts of crazy things and you know you, you know, you don't always think of you know, I always thought I was going to be married forever that's why I was in so much pain it was kind of like what uh, you know That's not my destination. Was you know die with this wonderful man and 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 um you know you know together. And he said, no, this wasn't meant to happen. But see, as you say, sometimes you need to accept that the wind might change and. But essentially what you're doing is you are actually still going in a direction aligned with your values. Sometimes you've got to make decision. That's why, why we sometimes leave a, a, a long-term relationship or a short-term relationship. We leave our work is that um, there's not a values alignment. Mm. And so that's number two is direction. And the third one, uh, people don't really like this one. Really? But yeah. This one is discipline. Oh, this is kind of like, what, you mean I'm going to have to do some hard stuff? And, and so, the, the, you know, discipline is, the, the, you know, the idea that you do something whether you kind of want to do it or not. And so that's kind of like, you know, um, get stuff done. So the four are decision, direction, discipline and destination. So I, I feel that if you kind of work on those four, you're going to start to progress.
0: You know, discipline, I get up some Sundays and I think I have so much to do today I've got to edit an audio. I've got to write for this magazine that wants the article by tomorrow. And I'm going, okay, I've got to have a start time. It's 9 o'clock. I've come back from swimming. I want to have that extra cup of tea. My start time is 20 past 10. Don't think of it till then. I have to do that. And even knowing in yourself that you will get it done, after a while do you find that you know the discipline you just know you trust yourself that you'll get it done is that you
1: absolutely and and you know so so some of the the science around it they say that you know it takes 21 days to form a habit for some of us it takes a lot longer to form a habit but it's just to the routine piece but you know what it's more than that i think karen it's the feeling that you get of achieving something and so then you know that if it's the discipline around that that gets you to that and so it's almost like the joy of the outcome becomes greater than a little bit of the discomfort of that piece there. It's like anything, if you do something regularly enough, the the good stuff regularly enough, the the yucky stuff won't build up. I had the pleasure of meeting a fellow, um, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. And he talked about having these kind of keystone habits that will help you to progress That so you don't have to use all your own willpower all the time. So it could be, for me, sometimes I will unravel my yoga mat and put it next to my bed on the floor and then put the little pile of your trousers and your, and your exercise top and your socks and everything on that yoga mat. So you wake up in the morning and see that, and it's kind of like that's, takes less discipline then to think i've i should go and get my yoga mat and i should go and get make size gear it's kind of like you're almost tripping over the stuff to so that and these little habits that become and help your routines and once you do it long enough um you know and then there's chocolate cake so sometimes oh, you, yeah do you exactly. need atomic well, power is it well for that it, the one? thing about chocolate cake and for things like that with me and um you know and popcorn and all, all the yummy food so i don't have a lot of willpower with food i love food Ooh, you know my yeah. taste buds i don't know they're sensitive, they're yummy and so what I do might is, might be the
0: Greek background, I think
1: it's the yum, It's the baklava, the moussaka yes. and you know all of that sort of stuff, the teropitas and spandakopitas and all of that but things that you don't have a lot of willpower for, you actually remove those temptations so in my house, it's very boring in my home um, I choose to not have the yummies in my house so that when I go out once or twice a week for something fun um, as an event, hopefully when I have my second date tonight I'll have something yummy oh, to that yum. then you don't have to worry about the discipline that you don't have in those areas that you're quite weak with the
0: willpower. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. Christina Guidotti is in the um, studio with me today and we were just speaking about one of her books. And in it, Christina, you talk about positive delusion what exactly is positive delusion?
1: Well, I have to talk about positive as opposed to negative because I think that negative de- delusion can be where you delude yourself of the truth, essentially. And so I think sometimes we can um, be delusional in our lives and so... I've got this recent sort of saying, which is, um, what is the truth? It's kind of like, tell yourself the truth. And so I think sometimes when we don't tell ourselves the truth, we can get into that negative delusion. And so we can deny ourselves of what needs to happen next. Or we can kid ourselves, we can procrastinate, we can be in fear. Positive delusion, on the other hand, is when... We identify that that new life that we want, or as I mentioned earlier, is this is what is, but this is what I want. But that gap, Dr. Russ Harris talks about that gap between where we are now and where we want to be. And so positive delusion says, right, if this is what I want, and you might name it, and I'm not quite there yet, how can I use positive delusion and visualisation to give me that energy as if I'm feeling it in Advance, And that's one of the, the five uh, essential characteristics of a true believer is one of them is that we feel it in advance. The way that that can look is whenever I'm in a bit of a transition period, and this might help with some of your listeners, I love getting a, just a blank page of paper and grabbing my pen. And sometimes I get out colored pens and colored biros that, that I've got around the home. And the first thing I draw on that particular piece of paper is just simply a stick figure which is myself. And then I start to create what I want my life to be in the work. And I try to not be influenced by the things that are not right in my life because often we go, I can't have that because I've got this. You go, no, no, no. If we played a game and we visualise what it is that we want our life to be, then we create that beautiful page of this vision, this creation. And then I start to put that onto a vision board. So I start to create pictures of yep. what I like that to be. And then our energy helps us to make decisions along with those values in that direction to get us to that destination of that visual that visual
0: piece. People talk about visualisation often. Runners, athletes, they visualise getting over that finishing line first. The world of reality has limits the world of imagination is boundless. And this is a quote by Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And visualisation is something that you strongly advise. You know, you, you, talk, you just talked about it and it's really, really important. Absolutely. And
1: even um, J.K. Rowling, that author, billionaire of Harry Potter, you know, spoke at the Harvard commencement speech, you know, years ago in front of all these wonderful new open minds and, you know, that that, are going to the future. And she talked about the importance of imagination. I mean, clearly she's a creative woman. She's she's authored many, many books. And this creativity can get squashed. Yeah. You know, it really can. And, you know, what you're doing, helping people, you know, you're creating opportunities, you're creating ideas, and you're bringing it out into the world to help others. It's, It's such a beautiful thing. And thank so, you. So, you're welcome. And so sometimes it's it's time for us. And particularly when we are over 50, Karen, men and women to start going, you know, what is it that I love? What is it that creative side that is within me um, in my body, mind and soul? And could I possibly make that my work? Or could I just possibly at least make that recreation? And And you know what, you need time to be creative. You need time to use your imagination and so that might just be a walk in nature a couple of times a Mm -hmm. week. We can all afford that time. It might just be that we say no to some of the other things that we're saying yes to to allow us time just to sit in a cafe on our own to think, to create these visual pictures into this new life that we want and so there's no excuse in my opinion why we can't um, make a decision to create some time no matter how much that busyness word sort of gets into
0: our life you're talking about creating and needing that time for creativity when i'm out walking and sometimes i walk from dy to curl curl along the headland you know other people seem to have headphones in and music playing i can't because i like to listen to the ocean and to the birds and even to my own thoughts it's really important for me then to be able to connect with myself and if there is music playing i don't seem to be able to connect yeah
1: it's very smart. You know, when you, when you think about the world and the amount of noise in the world these days, you know, with um, bring on, you know, social media, bring on the, the need for often two incomes in the families to support the cost of childcare, that the amount of pressures, just go into, you, you want to make a spaghetti bolognese and you just want to choose some some nice peeled tomatoes in the convenience. Once upon a time, there was two choices. Now there's 15 choices. You know, there's, there's so much choice out there. There is. There's so much noise. And I think what you're speaking of is, absolutely fabulous is if you are going to go out and spend some solo time is, ha- is allow yourself to listen essentially to yourself first and what from my experience working closely with women over the last eight years as a mentor is that we're often very scared to listen to ourselves and so that can actually be a, a bring up some emotion in itself but if you can sit through that through some meditation or some walking or just taking yourself to a cafe or even having a nice bath with some candles and just allow yourself to be with yourself
0: well, we don't allow ourselves enough time. And a lot of busy mums, Absolutely. when they're raising children, and you know this, you, you don't allow yourself some time, Look, the so, time to yourself. You know,
1: the typical woman is struggling so much, and particularly adding in the children, often working long hours with mediocre results in, in the workplace, not often enough time to exercise, any spare time by the time we get to the weekend or time off is doing the chores, to taking the children around places. You're just so pulled. And, and we're often the last person that we'll give to is, is ourselves. And so we've got to find ways. But first of all, before we want to find the ways, we want to see why that's so important. And you know, everything that we're talking about today suggests in going back to self and going back to giving back a little bit to ourselves.
0: Christina, we have so run out of time. And there's a couple of things I wanted to, first of all, say. I really am very fortunate that I ran into you at your leadership event earlier this year. And I know you're holding others at other times in the year, but uh, I'd like to invite you to come back sometime because I haven't even finished asking you all the things I wanted to ask you today. There is so much more that we can talk about and you're so great at talking. And I know that my listeners in particular, so many of them are going to eat this up and I'm going to leave some information about you and about your upcoming courses on Facebook. Christina, if someone wants to contact you, how do they find you? Thanks, Karen. My
1: website's www and then my name, um Christina Guidotti dot com and, um, yeah very very happy to to have any conversations with anyone that needs a little bit of help or, or just you know browse the website there's some great things on there and some great some um, blogs as well which will give your listeners some great tips you know going forward so look out for that and I also want to thank you because I always choose how I spend my time because all of our time is so precious yeah, you it? are really and, busy you no know, but it's th- when you ask me you know would I'd be interested and the work that you're doing really is a, this opportunity, this radio, the podcast, et cetera, allows more people to get some solutions um, essentially to their problems. So the work that you're doing as a, a female leader helping to raise that consciousness, I'm very grateful to be part of, of that.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you for saying yes, because I know... On your feedback form, I sent you in the leadership day, I sent you a little note that said, will you come on my radio program? Yeah, it was
1: very <laughs> sassy. And the thing is that, you know what, there's three things. If anyone is looking at, at grading pro- progress, the three things that I've learned is you've got to look for opportunity, which is what you did. You've got to be generous is who you are. And you've also got to have humility. So generosity, opportunity, humility, you rock at that. And that's something that, that I think is great for our listeners to, to know. and to I'll understand tear up well. in a minute. Well, that's what made me to. <laughs> It you know, that's a, we, we, it's a mirror, right? So we, we see each other, which is just beautiful. And so, you know, I'm really, really grateful.
0: You've got an awesome radio voice. You oh, thank that? you. I didn't know. Oh, well, some people, oh, there's a joke. Some
1: people say, oh, you've got a face for radio, which is a funny old saying. But thank you. I don't know. Um, maybe it's just because I'm happy right now. So maybe it comes through in my voice. So well, I'm you.
0: happy too. And I call yeah. this my happy place. So listeners yes. know I've started to refer this more and more as my happy place. So. Christina, would you like to say goodbye?
1: Yes, I'd like to say follow your heart and just spend some time listening a little bit more to yourself and thank you for listening.
0: Beautiful words of wisdom and thank you, everyone. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining
2: bright outside There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all I'm to find It's a wonderful Mountains high, swim across oceans wide Live out our dreams, just you and me Let your heart be alive There's no time to waste, gotta go get the